It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get things started today with... Number five. Well, as you mentioned in the sportscast, Jack, Paul, uh, Pete Thamel has reported a former Husker will be do- joining Matt Rule's staff. Uh, Rams assistant Jake Peets expected to join Nebraska as a quarterback's coach and an undetermined special teams role. He's the former LSU offensive coordinator. He coached uh, quarterbacks for the Raiders and with uh, Coach Rule in Carolina. You may recall he walked on at Nebraska 2003 through 2005. He grew up in O'Neill. Yep. Yeah. Uh, walked on here. Um, uh, the family name that you're probably uh, uh, familiar with in terms of of the Huskers. But yeah, he's had a long coaching career since his his time there. Uh, UCLA, Jaguars. He was at Alabama, uh, Washington when they were uh, before they were the uh, Commanders. Um, then the Raiders. Then it, it met up with Rule at, at Carolina after he spent a year with Alabama. Um, and at that point, he coached alongside Matt Rule. Um, then he got hired at LSU, and this is the interesting thing. At LSU, he was there in 2021, and he was the offensive coordinator at LSU. Well, guess who the uh, wide receivers coach was there? Hmm. It was Mickey Joseph. So this is one of the connections. The, the, there are a couple of guys out there in the coaching world that do have connections to both Matt Rule and Mickey Joseph. Okay, Now, I don't we still haven't heard anything about Mickey, and it's interesting, frankly, to me that it's gone this long, and we still haven't since we've heard so much about the other assistant coaches. My read on it, which was not informed from inside sources or anything like that, just my read on how everyone was kind of acting through this, was that I think, you know, I think things had changed enough that either Mickey wasn't going to want to be here or wouldn't be retained some, or mutually they wouldn't be here. Does this change that? I mean, maybe a little. It changes how I think about it. Maybe a little. If you're, you know, if you've if you've got that familiarity from that offensive staff and that Nebraska connection, I don't know. Maybe there's still hope that Mickey ends up uh, Mickey ends up staying here. There's there's we'll something see. to be said about creating a, a team atmosphere amongst the players. Maybe you right. need to build a bit of a team atmosphere amongst the coaching. Yeah, staff. May, maybe you know there were so many guys that he had kind of brought over from Carolina, but this is one of them that has connections to Carolina, Nebraska. I mean, Pete's is interesting because he got the connection to Nebraska. He's got the connection to Mickey Joseph outside of Nebraska, and he's got the connection to Matt Rule. So we will see. Number four article in this morning's uh, Journal Star. Uh, your favorite uh, writer, Margaret Reese. They sit away and Margaret Reese Deville. Talking about the money that uh, is likely going to be coming into the mayoral race. And she also uh, talks about some of the big uh, givers to Senator Suzanne Geist's campaign, but also uh, how the mayor's race is shaping up. And for the first time that I'm aware of, publicly addressed uh, these rumors about living in Ashland or Big Sandy. Yeah, so that has been something that has come up you know, a lot of times by opponents who have said, well, you know, got a house, doesn't live in, or or, or whatever that it might be. And, I mean, it's kind of like I figured it was the entire time, which is that, you know, ob- obviously two there's two, yep. two residences. I, so I guess the question is, what's the, you know... What's the issue? What, what's, what's the approach? Well, what is the, you know, 
what's the amount of time that's appropriate to to be there as opposed to here and you know how often is that actually happening then because they they basically said the camp it was a campaign right right the campaign, campaign basically said um kids go to school in lincoln they've had that home that they've lived in for 20 plus years limited time in the home on the lake essentially with this whole thing so yeah like, i mean like i mean it's an honest it's an honest question i mean i'm not i obviously am not super fired up about it uh, she needs to obviously be a be around to be able to, to to be do thing to to do things that need to be done in person and and uh, I suppose if you're vacationing I'd rather it be in Ashland than in you know Ogallala. Hawaii or, or something Ogallala like that. Ogallala McConaughey. At this point. Yeah, yeah. Or Ogallala at this point. I mean, if you so. want a lake home, uh, yeah. that's about as until they yeah. get the big dig done. Why? Yeah, I don't know. So I wonder. I, I, yeah, I wonder if this is going to be a big. I you know you can already kind of hear the attack ads now. They're going to have a lot of money for these ads. Oh, yeah. And how much something like this is going to come up and how much this is actually brought up in the campaign. But it is a little weird that this wasn't diffused earlier, right? Yeah. It, like, well, well, it, was all, it was all innuendo and speculation, right, like, but I, nobody I, wanted to address like, it. Like, I don't quite get... I mean, I guess not the campaign's here, but if it were me, I would have been like, yeah, we got we got a home up, you know, over there, and we go some occasionally over there in the lake house, and... Um, you know, it's a little ways away. <laughs> there are some parts of some parts of Lincoln that if you you know you I, I mean, you like, drive to from a different part, it's going to take as long for me to get back. But you know, I still have maintained my home in Lincoln. And, and, I don't and, know. Is that that controversial? No, but what I would say probably is that people describing it as a lake home, uh, and then you look at the valuations that were reported. Um, you know, they bought their house here in Lincoln for. Just under three hundred thousand twenty years ago, but uh, the one in Ashland uh, bought uh, or built, uh, but it's got a value of one point six million. So, you know, that's going to be a pretty nice lake and, home, I would yeah. assume. Oh yeah, yeah, I would think yeah. so. Jeez, I don't know. Yeah, probably make some profit on that two thousand eighty six uh, thousand dollar two thousand two buy though, <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, if you sell that, I would yeah. think. Uh, all right, moving on. Number three. 12 Senate Republicans supported final approval of a bill yesterday securing federal protections for same-sex marriage and for interracial marriage. Uh, that uh, allows it to surpass the 60-vote threshold needed for passage. Now it goes to the House, where it will likely have the votes, and then go to the president's uh, desk. Uh, as for Nebraska, well, Senators Fisher and Sass, uh, Sif- Fisher sure. voted against it. Sass, Sass didn't, didn't vote. vote. Now I don't know if if somebody who's following this super closely knows I'd be interested. Was it? I know they were last time they voted on this. He wasn't present because they were dealing with uh, a family health situation, um, and so I don't know if it still carry over from that. I don't know if there if he was not there because like Kendall Warnock wasn't there because he's campaigning. I don't know if Sass was you know doing things related to the Florida thing. Um, I don't know, but uh, it's going to be natural um, that people are going to ask on yeah. every side of this that are going to say, well, this was kind of a lightning rod issue for you in the process at Florida. Of course it was. And I can see why you wouldn't want to go on the record about it right now in either direction. Did that play into the fact that you aren't voting right now? And is that, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah, and then, it had to be. And then people might also say, well, why wouldn't you just just move on from your seat now if you're if you're not going to vote during these things. 
uh, he'll he'll get those questions. I'm not I'm I'm not saying that's what I'm saying, but uh, I think my guess is that he's there's something that has to do with resigning after the first of the year or at, into the next after the next session gets underway that will have something to do with uh, pensions or uh, insurance coverage. Maybe there, there's because he could if it's a. I'm not even saying it's about Ricketts because he could step down now and they could they could wait out wait it out sure. long enough. Yeah. That they'd be within their time period once Pillen gets that had to be done, you know, after a few weeks ago. That time has passed here at that point, but but yeah, I uh, would have been interesting to see what the reaction would have been if he. I, I assume he would have voted had it been a normal Senate question for him prior to the Florida thing. I he would have I I would guess this is me speculating. So, but I would guess he would have voted no on it. As Fisher did, I think that's, and I wonder what the reaction would have been uh, had that had well, that, that happened. Probably would have uh, in Gainesville. Yeah, would have definitely made a difference in mm-hmm. the Gainesville offer. Uh, but yeah, anyway, on the larger question though, it's uh, you got you got enough Republic. Like interesting, like Joni Ernst from Iowa voted for it. Um, she was somebody who gave it a thumbs up, and then there were a lot of people that Republicans that you probably would have expected, like the ones who aren't. Coming back, Cassidy and uh, and then Romney Collins, yep. who was part of the negotiating U- team. Utah on this. split. Mike Lee and yeah. uh, Mike Lee voted against it. Romney yes. voted for it, um, which is a little surprising too. Yeah, although but, it was uh, I, the one article I read said it was supported by the uh, Mormon Church. Yeah, that was that was part of the the thing where people were saying where had Romney had some cover to to vote for this as well. Um, but that said, like you like you were. You were saying I can't imagine this wouldn't get the okay at the house, uh, given the you know the lame duck house makeup, and, and then signed into law. And, and and you know, in addition to the normal debate about same sex marriage, it, there's kind of the debate of well, is it necessary that you do this or not? And given that it's still the law of the land under Obergefell, that these are recognized. That you know that was a major Supreme Court case. But you wonder, had Clarence Thomas not said in that, you know, in the ruling on on Dobbs that this would be something that he also, you know, that the court should also look like, if he doesn't say that in dicta of that case, does this vote ever come about? Probably not. I don't think it does. No. I don't think it does. I think that sentence in that in that opinion where it was, if you, if you don't remember, it was um, in his... Uh, in in what he I believe is an occurring concurring opinion where he basically said, you know these aren't the only things I would take like to take a look at with the equal perception clause clause the way we're interpreting it now, and I'm paraphrasing. Well, didn't him. he write the majority? Could, could be opinion? applied. Um, it was Alito who wrote the majority oh, okay. opinion, right? Because that's yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So, all right, moving on. What else do we have today? Number two. Friends and family of LPS student-athletes are encouraged to attend games in person, but if they can't, you now have a streaming option. Thanks to a partnership, if you will, or getting together with Huddle, uh, they're offering single-game passes or monthly passes for each of the high schools. Um, so, A, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad they're uh, doing this. We, you know, when my, when my son was still playing sports, we had... Uh, we we always wanted to try and get the in laws to see him more often than we were able to. They were a ways away. They and and some of his road games he would be able to go out to. You know, you would go to Omaha and you would play, and those would often be streamed. 
uh, even just on YouTube for free. And so they would they would get to see some of those. And we always kind of like, man, I wish LPS could get up to get up to where it seems like everyone else is. School districts of every size in the state have these options. The vast majority of them free for people to watch uh, games. Not only games, but activities, concerts, um, speech, those sorts of things. A bunch of them. And like, if you go on Strive, which is the app, every, I mean, school districts all over the place. I could pull up six man games and, and watch them every really? Friday. Yeah. Uh, like, do they have, they like play by play? Some uh, of them do, some don't. It varies. So you, it varies. In a lot of cases, the YouTube or the Strive feed will use students who are studying that and want to get into the industry to do it. Um, with low JT, which is which is cool as well. So it's a step in the right direction. You're still sort of for some reason behind the rest of the state on this. And no, is this the biggest deal in the world? Not at all. No, it's not the biggest deal in the world. But on the other hand, you know, and I don't know if they're worried about if they're worried about in-person attendance going down like this, but I had two people when my son played sports that I wanted to see. And if my dance my daughter goes into activities, it'd be the same people. It's my in-laws in Iowa and it's my my grandmother uh, who who lives in, you know, assisted living situation. Now, I believe this agreement, though, is just for athletics. Yeah, this is, I believe, just athletics. I'd like to see them expand it. Yeah. I, I mean, I would like to, I would love to see, again, not the top priority in the world for education. And if it's cost prohibitive, it's cost prohibitive. But it is interesting that everybody else has found out the way to do it. And they're, well, and they got to pay. I mean, they're making, people are paying for this a decent amount, too. Yeah. Basically, it basically costs what it goes to cost to go to games uh, for the most part. But And you won't get away be, games. Better than nothing. Better than what? Well, yeah, you won't. But most through of them this will, service. Yeah, you won't. But if you go outside of Lincoln, most of them are already be available for free elsewhere. Right. In almost every case. Number one. There's a Reddit uh, post, uh, and it's also up on Pinterest. Uh, it's a picture taken from, I would imagine, uh, the International Space Station. Uh, it's a picture of Florida, upside down, and it's got a strange resemblance. <laughs> It looks like it looks like the Grinch with the big lake, and I don't know Florida's geography well good enough. Whatever the big lake I think is, that's Okeechobee. Okeechobee uh, looks like the Grinch's eye, right? And then on the Gulf Coast side, you've got a little indentation that looks like a nose, and a little indentation that looks like a mouth on the Gulf Coast side. The mouth is uh, Tampa Bay, I believe. Is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> T- Tampa is the Grinch's mouth. Do find your. Find the uh, find a picture of Florida, like a space picture of Florida, and hold it upside down, and, and just, just I can Google completely it. see it now. Yeah, yeah just Google and, and you it. notice the the keys have that little uh, wisp of hair. Yes, that's... the keys are his hair. <laughs> yes. I mean, I guess if we added Georgia to that picture, would we then see the heart that's two sizes too yeah, small? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it the way it moves on, Georgia actually looks like a shoulder, <laughs> looks like his 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 uh, right shoulder. And then the panhandle looks like his left shoulder. <laughs> With this, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is pretty funny. You know, it's weird. we always have the we always have North pointing up on the map, but yeah, <laughs> you don't have to. No, right? You know, imagine the United States just flip the map that you look at it every time. That's no more. That's no more right or wrong than the you know the normal map with North pointing up every time. Just a matter of your perspective. Right. Can you thing. imagine if when they were naming days, if Friday would have been the second day of the week and Monday would have been the 
Yeah. yeah. Sixth day of the week. It, could, it, it all it all could have happened. Can you imagine how, how, how bad Fridays would be and how good Mondays would be? That's true. That's very true. All, all perception. Yep. You're right. Yep, without a doubt. All right, we should look at some other states upside down and see what they look like. You probably see a whole bunch of stuff. All right, we're going to grab a break right now. We've got 14 degrees in the capital city uh, with the wind. Wind, not a, not too bad, but, you know, with it 14 degrees, we makes it feel like four out there right now. So it is a cold one, but uh, sunny skies already. We're going to see more of that today. Wind's not quite as gusty. And, hey, by Friday, we're going to be up to, like, 65 degrees again in cargo shorts weather. All right, we'll grab a break right now at 755. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus... You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, greetings and welcome in on a Wednesday morning, October, excuse me, November 30th, 2022. Probably ought to get the month right, but it is the final day of November 2022. Uh, we're starting out your morning with a little less volatile weather than we were talking about yesterday, although chilly this morning, right now, 14 degrees in the capital city. A little, it's cold. Uh, yeah, it's not little, chilly. It's cold. A little west wind is uh, making it feel like five degrees right now, so very cold. We will get up into the, uh, the 30s today. Wind's not quite as strong, no precipitation today and then uh back in the 50s and 60s the next couple of days here and and uh, really like four out of five in the uh, 40s 50s and 60s so warming up after today but another bit of a, a chilly one today but we did get through yesterday mark without it ever getting um getting too too treacherous i guess i should yeah. say at least travel wise there were a few slick spots uh, other parts of the state though had some problems so yeah i saw that i had a Amazon Prime truck jackknifed, uh, you know, and there was one up by, um, what was it, Columbus area to mm-hmm. block part of a highway. So, yeah, it was a little slick in spots, uh, right. but uh, other than those, I think it was uh, six inches of snow that uh, Gehring got up yeah. south block. I was looking at the snow totals and that was, and was like, there was wow. a random one there. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, I don't know if, if, uh, Lincoln had it, Lincoln probably recorded a trace, I'm assuming officially, uh, with what happened yesterday. I think it's what they had. So, um, nothing that was measurable, but yeah, uh, sun will be out today. Uh, it's still breezy, still breezy, but again, uh, looking at like a, a little bit of a warm up, really Thursday through, it looks like through about Monday of next week before it gets into your, uh, high twenties and thirties. Yeah, we got so, a pretty good not too dip, bad. dip on Saturday. Yeah, I guess I guess there's one like like we talked about yesterday. It's these like these these one day changes instead of you know week to week changes. Now, tomorrow morning we could thing. have negative uh, wind chills. So, all right, so there you go. Uh, Johnny Cadillac is in today for Caleb Henry. Caleb will be back with us uh, tomorrow. So uh, you'll hear me on uh, the sports and and throughout the show today. Uh, Mark, what's uh, what's topping your list of stories here this morning? Well. Uh... 
it's actually kind of a quiet morning. Uh, there yeah. was a, some type of a, an incident overnight right close to us. Here yeah, at, at least it ended there, right? Yeah. yeah uh, t- uh, 10-11 is reporting it. Um, I have not been able to get a hold of uh, LPD duty command to find out what was going on, but it looks like they were looking for somebody. They were, it started with a chase, according to 1011, uh, and then they kind of surrounded Wyuka and the uh, area north of Vine between 40th and 33rd, um, but left about 2.30. But yeah. uh, nothing out of Lincoln Police this morning. I have not been able to reach them there, so I'm guessing they're still pretty busy with whatever this is yeah it sounded like it started a few hours before that at least before midnight um in the the, near 27th and holdridge uh in that area of town uh went on for a while and ended up for whatever reason as you said that there was kind of a a perimeter like a large perimeter set up around wayuka in those early morning hours and so at one point uh, the perimeter was set up 33rd to 44th and Odevine. That's yes. a pretty good sized uh, area. Yeah. Um, yeah, they even, uh, 1011 even said yeah, they, that uh, State Patrol's air wing was circling the area yeah. above the cemetery. And, and of course, they had a pretty good advantage with their sky camera there on their tower because they were able to see some of this. That's true. It's right in the, <laughs> it's right there, right in the area there where 1011 is as well. So, yeah. And so there's, there's not a whole lot more than that. Uh, police haven't said anything really to any media outlets about this other than we know that there was a lot of activity. So, uh, we are kind of waiting to see what actually happened with that, but that is and, the. And I, uh, I doubt that whoever they were looking for was at Wyuka, and if they were there, I doubt that they were there scouting out the new location for the I'm Pershing Mirror. Going to guess so, yeah. You know, just, Although maybe they, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's probably fair to say, but yeah, you wonder if somebody they thought somebody had gotten in there and they were. I mean, it's a pretty good place to hide. One would think, yeah. Uh, a large, and really dark, dark area out of cover um, with that whole thing and, and trying to, to do that. But maybe they found out that the person had exited and, and ended up calling. So we'll wait and find out exactly what happened with that. But, yeah, that's um, that's that's kind of it here right now yep. um, in terms of the, the big things happening this morning. Journal Star um, has got a pretty extensive article on how the uh, mayoral race is teaming up or you know how it's coming together and uh some big dollars going into that so. well yeah I, I, we had talked about that a little bit i know that uh i know that suzanne geist had, had some sizable donations here but yeah this is this is looking like and it's not surprising at all but this is looking like i'm sure this is going to be probably the most expensive mayor's race of of all time here at this point and um yeah we will uh We'll we'll see what happens here, and I mean, get get, the twenty two hundred fifty thousand dollars. By the way, Sam Hills Global to Suzanne Geist. That's the one that they're talking about. And um, but the mayor, I mean, the current mayor raised half a million bucks right in her race. So that only gets you know that alone gets her to even incredibly sizable donation for a race like this. But it still doesn't you know put you above where those fundraising levels have been in the past here at this point. But it it will uh, obviously it'll uh, continue to grow on both sides. Yes, so, yeah. Uh, and as, as we get these uh, campaign uh, disclosures under the election commission or under the election laws, right? right. 
So, and of course, that story by uh, your favorite Margaret Reist. Yep. it away in Margaret Reist. By the way, she was, uh, in that article. She talked about the dollars. I don't know that I, I. We probably did talk about this at some point, but the dollars that were in that county attorney's race. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I mean, those were that county attorney's race would be as expensive as any mayor's race. Oh, absolutely. If not already, more. yeah. At this point, with you, you know a four hundred thousand plus dollar contributions in there. Um, from Together Nebraska that opposed Adam Morfeld in this, and that's why you saw commercials all over the place here at this thing. So that's, um, yeah, these local races are getting more and more money that are are finding them. And here. and she does address, uh, Margaret uh, Reese did uh, evidently talk to the mayor, and she did address uh, the home near Ashland. Are you kidding? After all that, I thought that story had died. No, it's, um, uh, it's right there. Okay, so talks about uh, the home that they that the uh, mayor and her husband own here in Lincoln, and the one there um, even have purchase prices in the story. So, so there's a they so they've they've got a home by Ashland that they say is just a vaca- they say is a vacation home yep. that they live in Lincoln. Kids go to school in Lincoln. All of those things. So, I mean, uh, what this was out there forever. By the way, this has been out there right, for this is for the first, months. This is the first time I think I've seen it in print. Yeah, exactly the, what it is. Right. And they. they, they were I mean, this to, is. I kind of knew slash figured this is kind of what it was. So I don't know if there's still a disagreement or or allegation out there that more time is spent at one than the other than should be for the mayor's race or where it's okay to have a you know a vacation home and and not spend that much i'm not sure what what the uh what the thought on this right now is by people who have been concerned about it in the, well, the past Gator Baird, but, uh, campaign manager uh kevin cass said uh and, and he's quoted as saying it's a vacation home mayor's right. kids go to school in lincoln they've uh, and uh they have a home they've lived in for 20 right. plus years. Right. I think their two oldest graduated from Lincoln High, and uh, one they've got now in high school uh, is at Southeast. All right. So, interesting. Well, uh, listen, rundown. as somebody who is a vacation home aficionado in areas that are a short drive away, yeah, you're, you're I can, uh, uh, definitely with, in a position to I'm discuss sh- it. You know what? It's nice. I'm sure they've got a nice place uh, out on the lake there, but. Look at what the. Real I don't want to brag, but what I've got in Beatrice is pretty five star. Okay, it's pretty five star. It might be a little more luxurious. I like the finer things. Okay. Well, uh, I wonder how it, as far as the values been reported in this, uh, how does it stack up? You is yours worth more than what they paid for their one? What was what did she what did Reese report that the 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 Ashland one was worth? Uh, let me look here. Um, one point six. Oh yeah, way under. That's way under what I have. Okay. Yeah, way under. I'm not gonna say a number. Um, that's way under, obviously. But you know, you know, property value values in Beatrice, though. That's obviously. true. That's obviously, true. that's true. Yeah, we all. I think we can all assume that. Um, so we know we we know a little bit more. A little bit more. Still not the main thing people are probably asking about, but we know a little bit more about Matt Rule's staff now. Okay. Yeah, there were some terminations yesterday. Uh, and the biggest one that pe- people may be interested in slash surprised by, we'll get more into this in the sports, but Bill Bush, he is not going to be a part of Matt Rule's staff, uh, was the interim defensive coordinator, did a really good job as the interim defensive coordinator, 
Um, he was somebody that I thought maybe they would figure out a way to keep him on the staff. He's indicated in previous media reports that um, he he would like to just you know stay in Lincoln, and that may mean not coaching if the job isn't there. Um, I thought maybe they, that would be somebody that they would still find a way. It feels like I don't know. I I thought there was a really good chance that they were going to have some continuity between the last staff and this staff, but I also thought the three most likely people that would happen with were were uh, Bill Bush, were Applewhite, the running backs coach, or Mickey Joseph. Um, Bush is gone. Applewhite is gone. Um, we still, you know, it's interesting that we're to Wednesday and we still haven't completely heard for sure on Mickey Joseph, though. I had kind of taken the assumption that he wasn't going to be staying just kind of because of the tone from everybody here, but I don't know anything more than that. So, but that's kind of what I had assumed at this point. One but of the, you would think you would hear, you think you would hear very soon. One of the words I heard on the street, uh, I guess it was late yesterday, was that uh, part of his contract as interim coach is that he would be retained for a period of time. Yeah, there was there was a uh, there was a little bit that was sort of misconstrued or misunderstood about that contract. It didn't require that he would stay, but essentially which it it, it, it was about the salary and the designation that he would have when the season expired and what that would be. I think that that's what that went to. Um, but rule, I mean, rule can decide either way. That's sure. the bottom line. Rule can rule can decide either way. And he has, uh, you know, we're starting to get a sense of who is going to be on the staff. Some former Carolina staff members, Carolina Panthers staff members, Evan Cooper, Terrence Knighton, uh, Corey Campbell, uh, Ed Foley, who was a uh, guy he had in at Temple, um, and then E.J. Bartle, who was the uh, running backs coach at UConn, most recently, so um, I got to be honest, can't tell you anything about any of those guys, but those are their names. Okay. Those are some of the. Uh, well, I'm sure. Some I, I, I just hope there. they're they're made available to the media uh, as unless. I'm sure they're going to have a big get to know everybody media scrum here once things calm down a little bit. They usually do that where uh, they put all these assistants out and you get to know them a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's uh, not many people. You know, I think a lot of people these are these are names and and uh, these are people that frankly I I'm not going to be able to give you a breakdown on their career yet, other than telling you where they've been uh, previously. Uh, and then uh, you had the story earlier. I think this is a, this is a really good thing uh, that LPS has kind of joined what most of the other high schools um, school districts, frankly, around the state have done, and they're going to try and get more more activities for students that are available for streaming online via video. Um, right. Correct? It, it will be a pay-per-view uh, system okay. um, with uh, single game passes or monthly. What I'm not exactly sure of ever having just skimmed it. I have not gone into depth on it. Uh, whether the monthly pass uh, covers all schools or just one particular sport at one school. So um, um, I, I'll I'll get you some more detail on that, but I, you know, I will, for whatever reason, um, LPS was among the only districts slash schools in the state that didn't have activity streams. And when I say activity, I don't even just mean sports. Um, A lot of these, a lot of these districts, either through Strive TV or through a YouTube channel, had Strive TV is an app that works with high school and allows them to do broadcasting. Had like all of their 
all of their sporting events or most of their sporting events and then things concerts and and plays and speech competitions and and other things that were televised and it was it was always odd my my son when he played basketball last year my my uh, in-laws in Iowa they'd always say hey send me the link to to watch the game because they have another you know they have another grandson that plays sports in um in Iowa and that school, that was a smaller school, but all of those games were always streamed. Uh, and we always said, they don't do that here. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, were you re- really? Is that true? I was like, yeah, they don't, they don't do that here. And I don't, why not? Why not? And I don't know exactly why, but this is a partnership with, um, with a huddle, uh, well, basketball, yeah. bowling, swimming, wrestling, uh, single game, $8 monthly passes, 15 um, and it is the chosen school. All home events that okay. are streamed for the chosen school. So, it's a little pricey, but... Um, 15 a month? Gee, uh, well, yeah, but like say... Say and and unfortunately, I don't have I don't have a son who's playing basketball anymore. We hoped we would coming into the season, but we don't. But um, you 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 want to watch all the games in a month? You get the home game, you get the pass, but then you got to pay for the road games if they have road games in the city that same month, which they would most months. So that's fifteen. Then that's eight for any other game. So that you know you're talking talking twenty plus bucks a month for this this whole thing. What does it so, cost to get into an event? That's what they did. They priced it kind of similarly to get into event, to get into an event. Um, now we usually would go. We would get passes that made it cheaper, like a season pass that you'd pay a bunch for, or a year-round pass that you would pay pay more for a single school or for uh, a single se- spring, summer, fall, or s- spring, winter, fall. Um, so, but anyway, I'm glad. You know, it's just. I think personally, I'm I'm a little bummed it didn't happen a little sooner. I was I my um. My grandmother, who's still living, nearly a hundred years old, um, she got she in twenty twenty when they during the pandemic when they started broadcasting these, these things online, she got a chance to watch these for the first time. Wow! And it was like, and, and you know that she wouldn't have been able, and it became such a you know exciting, fun part. And then it just for some reason it went away there, but it didn't go away in all these other places. Um, and so now it is back. So I'm glad for family members who are going to be able to it'll, to it'll, see some of those now it's it'll also fun. be it's, interesting to see whether huddle is uh, using this as kind of a, a beta test and be offering it uh, around uh, the country well they, yeah they've got I mean, so they've much got the of the platform stuff. they were the ones who who helped out with the thing in 2020 i mean that some of the infrastructure was there in gyms i know it just wasn't being used in the past so um so good i'm glad i mean it's it's uh it's a little bit later than I would have hoped to see it, but I'm glad for the people who are going to be able to take advantage of it. All right, we'll take a break. 625, you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, let's get it going right now. 15 degrees in the capital city. Chilly. On our way to a uh, high of 34 sunny skies today. Still pretty breezy today, down from what it was yesterday, but... um but with between the sunny skies, the lack of precipitation, and the winds down a little bit, it's going to be a whole lot more pleasant than it was yesterday. And then uh, Thursday, Friday, a little bit of a dip Saturday, but then Sunday, Monday, we're, uh, I mean, Friday looks like mid-60s here at this point. 
dining al fresco perhaps on friday night looking so good so you got that to look forward to some nice weather and i'm hoping we get nice weather also uh what is it a week from monday yeah a week from monday december 11th so about a week and a half from right now because that is our second annual uh lnk today with jack and friends christmas caroling trip uh we got a bus from windstar um we are just looking for people to fill it and we're looking for some places to go on a sunday afternoon to go caroling i know some of you have already uh, gone to the website klin.com and tell us that you want to be a part of it this year uh, i by the end of this week i'm going to finalize uh the time of this it's going to be late afternoon early evening so in kind of a window of two to six ish um, I've had a lot of people ask me what time, and we're just trying to nail down uh, with the places that we're going to go and everything else. So that's the window, about 2 to 6, um, and we would love for you to be a part of it. There's there's no cost to it. We would just like you to join us if you're in the mood for having some Christmas cheer uh, going out. If you, uh, if you like singing Christmas carols, no matter how good of a singer that you are, uh, we would like you. You're welcome to be a part of the group, and we're going to find – we'll probably go some of the places that we went last year. Uh, we went uh, We went to some retail stores. We went to Tower Square. Uh, we went to the Haymarket area, uh, the rail yard area. We went to, uh, let's see where else. We went to Bryan when they had a shift change. Uh, so we'll, we'll have some new, some old stops along the way. We're still trying to figure that out. So if there's a place that uh, you think might like to have us there, let me know about that. Uh, but most importantly, if you want to be a part of this, we do have limited seats. We got one bus right now and if that gets too full i'll start figuring out other ways to get more people there but we do have one bus and so i want to be able to know the amount of people who are planning on coming Uh, i want to keep you posted with details i just want to be able to email all of you so if you go to klin.com if you think you might want to do this with us go to klin.com fill out the form tell me how many people if you're bringing kids or bringing friends or anything like that let us know about that so we can get you a spot on that bus and plan on you and i will tell you this i did um I did send out some emails a couple of days ago, and I kind of went through my Rolodex, and I looked for the people who were either um, very good, like musicians for a living or close to a living. I did look for the people who uh, are working with the facilities that use musicians who work for a living or close to a living, and I kind of spread it out. So... This again, you should feel comfortable, you know, no matter where you're at singing wise, um, to, to join us. I, th- hopefully, I'm going to put some ringers in the group too this year. That'll make you feel even more comfortable, uh, with this whole thing. But we would love to have you there. It's, uh, it's a whole lot of fun, a lot of camaraderie and a lot of getting you in the, uh, in the holiday spirit. And let's hope for decent weather as well. My forecast only goes to Friday the 9th, which right now says a high of 38 and mostly sunny, which I think we would absolutely take if uh, if we could take that for that. So again, get it on your calendar. Get to KLIN.com. Uh, get signed up. Tell me that you want on the bus for Sunday, December 11th, late afternoon. Uh, I'm going to guess two to four, three to five Probably one of those things, two two to five in that range. We will nail it down here in just a little bit. So there you go. All right, let's jump in to our sound off now. All right, is this rail strike going to be averted by Congress? Is that the right thing to do? Is Joe Biden kind of going away from his typical pro-union stance on this? Well, what are the answers? Let's find out. 
The House votes today on forcing a tentative labor agreement brokered by the White House earlier this year between a dozen union representatives and rail companies after the membership of four unions failed to ratify the deal. I don't like going against the ability of of, uh, unions to strike, but weighing the equities, we must avoid a strike. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi siding with President Biden, who is urging Congress to intervene. Still, it's unclear how wide support may be. Lawmakers from both parties are signaling concerns and say it's up to the parties involved to reach a settlement. Hmm. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. All right, so, I mean... It's going to be interesting what kind of a party vote that you get on on something like this because it's I mean it's a bit of a role reversal when you've got the Democratic administration coming in and saying all right we're going to prohibit the ability for this strike to happen. Uh just a little background on this. Um this is this is largely about um working conditions, paid sick leave. Uh the argument from the unions is essentially that the you know you got these contracts you got these inflexibility so there's it barely permits paid sick leave um they're saying look we got to work 12 hours a day frequently on call 24 hours a day seven days a week so when you're scheduling time off we've got to make those requests months in advance um and so they're saying look we we want this now the railroad companies for their part they say they've got an imperative to keep labor costs low um, and they got to know people are going to show up and work for expected. And they can employ that. They say that employees can deal with routine medical issues on on their time off as well. Um, it looked like you had a deal, big pay raises, all of those things, but it didn't have the paid sick leave stuff, at least to the degree that the unions wanted in that. Biden said it was a good deal at the time, but you always had the ratification process from the unions themselves. Eight of them ratified it. Four of them did not. Those are the ones that we're talking about right now, the four that you don't. So why can Congress get involved? Law from 1926, the Railway Labor Act and and the Constitution as well. But at that point in the 20s, it was, I mean, the railroads are recognized as being so quintessential to the, the nation at that point that it gave um, that that strikes you know you were in trouble if there was a strike at this point and so provided arbitration measures cooling off periods when strike would not be permitted other measures in that and then then the constitution also states that congress should have the power to relate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and so 1917 congress confirmed uh, the supreme court confirmed that congress has the authority to intervene in rail labor disputes that threaten to disrupt interstate commerce because of the commerce clause which I just read to you. So you got the statute, you got the court, That then um, that's why Biden on Monday said that Congress should pass this legislation uh, at at this point. So it's a tricky political spot for Democrats. I mean, I'll, there's no doubt about that. It's a very tr- tricky political spot. It'll be under, under interesting what Republicans will do on this um, because you would think typically they'd be with Biden on this here at this point. But like Marco Rubio went after Biden for being against the workers, which it sounds like Rubio is a Democrat and Biden's a Republican in that whole situation, which, you know, you get weird bedfellows like that all the time. It seems like at this point, they'll probably pass the House, I think, from from what I've read at this point. Um, But you'd also need the 60 votes in the Senate to do this. And I, I don't know about that. 
that's probably going to be tight. The House probably won't be an issue. The Senate might be. And then if if you don't get the 60 votes in the Senate, uh, then you probably the strike happens. I think they're probably too far down the road for that not to happen. And then the economic impact starts taking over. So anyway, sorry, that's a lot on rail strikes, but I know it's I, I, doing some labor law stuff in the in the past and just sort of reading about it. I wanted to sort of outline exactly because some people I think are probably like, why can Congress? Congress doesn't necessarily step in in most labor situations like this, which is right. Um, they've got they've got the ability to do this because of the the ruling of the Supreme Court and the Interstate Commerce Clause, how it applies to rail labor disputes, and because of that 1920s law. Uh, all right, what else do we have going on right now? Uh, oh yeah, speaking of the Senate, they did pass uh, for their part the uh, the bill that would uh, codify. Same-sex marriage rights. With support from 12 Republicans, the Senate approved legislation enshrining same-sex and interracial marriage protections in the federal law. No matter who you are or who you love, you too deserve dignity and equal treatment under the law. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer called his vote personal, saying his first phone call after passage would be to his daughter and her wife. Republican supporters like Maine's Susan Collins helped craft language they say will respect religious institutions. Strengthening religious liberty and conscience protections. Opponents argue religious protections are not strong enough. The bill now heads back to the House for final approval. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Which it will likely get there and then uh, likely be signed into law. Um, So no Nebraska votes for it. It's my understanding that uh, Ben Sass again was not voting. Um, I know he had some family health uh, concerns last time around. I'm not sure if that sort of lingered into this current vote or if that's for another reason. Um, it would have been interesting to see what he did with that, given that what he's about to go into with University of Florida and that specific issue having uh, kind of been a big part of his approval process there. But nonetheless, he doesn't he doesn't uh, cast a vote. You did have like Joni Ernst from Iowa. She voted yes on the thing. Mitt Romney did. Um, you know, obviously Collins did since she was part of the negotiating. They did get enough to get him over 60 on that one. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. G- uh, good news for home buyers. Things are getting nationally a little bit more reasonable. The market's getting a little bit more maybe tilted in your direction after it was just out of control, not in your favor uh, for quite some time. It's still probably, a, you know, and, and locally it may be a little bit of a different situation, but home prices do continue to decline. A key reading of home prices fell again in September. The most recent reading from the S&P CoreLogic K-Shiller Index saw prices drop in all 20 top cities covered. The index slumped 1.2%. It's the third consecutive monthly decline. A broader measure of home prices, the National Index, declined by a seasonally adjusted eight-tenths of a percent. Higher mortgage rates are making homes less affordable, though economists have been predicting home prices have further to fall. Ginny Coselda, Fox News. All right. Uh, I want to share this one. It's a, I mean, it's it's positive news. I try and throw these out there every time we get them when it feels like there's, I don't, whether they're huge breakthroughs or, or good news in terms of treatments uh, for some of these diseases that I know have touched all of your lives. Um, and, and, you know, maybe in the past, maybe currently. Um, but in the fight against Alzheimer's, there's there's some progress with some of these therapeutics that go along with it that could 
you know, slow things down at least at this point a little bit and take steps in the right direction. Researchers say clinical trials show the drug lecanemab modestly slowed the progression of Alzheimer's disease. Over the course of the 18-month study, it delayed worsening of the disease by about five months in patients who received it. 31% of the recipients were less likely to advance to the next stage of the disease during the study. One of the researchers saying that translates to more time during the early stages of Alzheimer's when patients function better. The FDA could consider approving the drug under its fast-track program as early as January. Jack Callahan, Fox News. So something that could improve that just terrible situation that I know people have gone through uh, just a little bit and hopefully more breakthroughs coming there. Um, all right, a uh, couple other quick ones um, on some some lighter notes, I guess. Well, I don't know how light this one is, but apparently Will Smith finally sat down, uh, did an interview on uh, in more detail on one of the moments that we'll probably be hearing about again as we get to the 20 years in review 2022, the slapper around the world at the Oscars, which still the most surreal thing about that whole thing is that that happened for many of us. We were in Lincoln at the Elton John concert. And Elton John was the one who broke the news to us that that had happened. He somehow went off stage like during the encore, found out about it, came back or, or during a break. And he knew about it and he told everyone about it. It's it's always a little bit of barroom trivia there that Elton John was the one that told me about Will Smith and uh, and Chris Rock. Uh, but nonetheless, he uh, he talked to Trevor Noah and talked a little bit more about what actually happened that night. Will Smith is finally breaking down what happened the night. He slapped Chris Rock at this year's Oscars in a conversation with Trevor Noah. He explained that he had always wanted to be Superman. He wanted to swoop in and save the damsel in distress. However, he said, I had to humble down and realize that I'm a flawed human. Uh, that was a horrific night, uh, as you can imagine. Um, you know, there's many nuances and, and complexities to it, you know. Smith was appearing on The Daily Show to promote his new film, Emancipation. The Apple original film is set to premiere in theaters on December 2nd and globally on Apple TV Plus December 9th. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Well, that wasn't the most content-filled answer there, but um, you got gotta love doing doing a pub on a movie going around the the country to try and promote this movie and every single one every single interview no matter what your publicist says they're gonna say hey we gotta ask about that you know we gotta ask about that so you know he's probably got the answer worked out by now but nonetheless and then last but not least uh christmas season is here thanksgiving is over got the christmas music playing across the hall from us on b1073 and tonight they light up the Rockefeller Center tree in New York City, and you can watch it if you'd like to. The 82-foot-tall Norway spruce that's standing at Rockefeller Center has been getting a makeover, and tonight we get to see the results. The Rockefeller Center Christmas tree will be the star of its own special, lit with 50,000 LED lights on about five miles of wire. On top is the 3D Swarovski star that weighs 900 pounds and has 70 Jeez. spikes covered in 3 million crystals. Performers for the tree lighting this evening include Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton, Alicia Keys, Dan and Shay, and the Muppets. The tree will be lit daily from 6 a.m. to midnight, with the exception of Christmas Day, when it's lit for 24 hours. In New York City, Tanya J. Powers, Fox 900 News. 900-pound star on the top? That's that's crazy. That's, uh, yeah. The amount, of, I mean, do, you, do they have situations that are putting that thing up like I do when I put up just the five strings of lights on my tree where... 
where one of them goes out and then, oh, we blew a fuse. We blew a fuse. We gotta get the fuse. Do we have that? Like, are, are people just, are, are the, the workers, do they get as angry as, uh, dad angry as I do when I can't get the, uh, the lights to work on the tree or the tree to work in the stand? Again, I told you guys we got a fake one this year because of the dog and it was a lot less stressful. It was a lot less stressful. I can tell you that right now. I don't know if I'm it's something I thought I'd never do in my life, but here we are. All right, at 6.53, we'll take a break. Officer Chad is in. We'll do Crime Stoppers coming up next on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1400-993-KLIM. Down, call the traffic hotline, 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. Sometimes you just get it out and you quit thinking about it, right? You know, they, they say they say if you, you fixate on something and you're trying to quit thinking about it, one thing to do is, is uh, like journal, like write it down, get it out of your system. That's kind of like what this is. That's kind of like what this is, uh, and and uh, clearing out your mind. Uh, verbal journaling. Yeah, verbal journal, verbal journaling <laughs> about getting your your frustrations, your anxieties, getting them out there, get them out of the brain, and, and uh, doing that. I mean, this is basically mindfulness, is what this is, essentially. I think it sometimes it's, approaches verbal jousting, but well, whatever, well, whatever it takes. Uh, the phone lines are open at four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. Yeah, our first caller is going to be the jouster of the day yeah yep johnny cadillac will take your call he is in for caleb henry today and so uh, let's get things started uh that paul is first in line today good morning that paul the floor is yours yeah yeah it's all mine i want to give each of you a reference to compare against for how bad my thanksgiving was <laughs> and let's do it generation collaboration style <laughs> mark Think of the end of Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway's Bonnie and Clyde. Think of the stuck in the middle with you scene of Reservoir Dogs. And Johnny, think of the red wedding from Game of Thrones. Why was my Thanksgiving so bad? Why? Because instead of giving us all that one last chance, to uncap our highs before the stress fest known as Turkey Day, Jack, with absolutely no warning, decides last week to have Friday Husker tailgate canceling what chapter hide Wednesday. Jacques, <laughs> Monsieur Mitchell, Jacques. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> he lost his release valve. See, I told you it's important. I told you, I told you the release, getting it out of your, getting it out in the ether is very important. We, that Paul obviously did not deal well when, when we had what chapter you're going to have, you're going to have to take that in consideration if you, you know, I mean, mess up on a Wednesday and don't have one. Well, That's I'm true. Imagine what chaps your hide. Husker tailgate edition. That's all. We, we, that's basically what it was most of the season, if we're being honest. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right? Yep. All right, 402-479-1400. Thank what, you. What that makes Paul. for a successful Thanksgiving? 
I, I don't know. Well, well, I figure if there's no arrests and no ambulance calls, yeah. it's probably been all right. Yeah, that's probably yeah. that's probably true. Hope so. We'll we'll make sure that that Paul is is completely uh, stocked up with what chapter hide through the holiday season. And I, you know, I look at the calendar and I see right now because Christmas falls this year, guys, on a uh, on a so, Sunday. So we're clear. We have we got shows regular shows every Wednesday. Uh, I think going forward, no holidays until, until next Thanksgiving. So Paul doesn't have to have any more holidays that are yeah that are ruined. Well, because uh, Wednesday, yeah, you're right. Wednesday is the only uh, day where there it feels like there's no holidays really. Yeah, except I guess Thanksgiving comes on, or or if one of the you know like Christmas would fall on it. So anyway, there you go. Uh, <laughs> back to the phones. <laughs> Emma joins us now to tell us what's shopping her hide. Good morning, Emma. What's shopping your hide? Well, when I consider how much tax I pay for education system in Nebraska, and people go around saying nuclear <laughs> and exacerbate instead of exacerbate, <laughs> I mean, where do people learn how to talk for crying out loud? And I could give you a whole list, but don't, that's don't, enough for uh, now. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, thank, thank you. Thank you, Emma. I appreciate it. <laughs> that was new caller. Uh, yeah, there's certain words. There's We've gone over this before lots of times, but there's certain words I just can't believe that that people are unable to, uh, that are unable to realize is the right way to say it. Something happened on the text, uh, text machine? Yeah. What do we I, have? I'm not going to give uh, the name. It says, last week... I stubbed my toe and pooped my pants. Hide actually chapped. Jeez. <laughs> all right. All right. Very good. Um, uh, <laughs> Mary's got one that's. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to get to it. What uh, chaps yes. my height? Get off your phone and drive. Okay. We got a lot of driving. We got a lot of driving ones on the Facebook page. I'll get to in a second. Kristen Olathe says, chaps my hide that the one Husker sport that is currently great has to come limping into the national tournament. Yeah, that. God, I yeah, I will I will agree, and I will agree. Just the twist of fate that is Kenzie Knuckles getting hurt before this weekend, before the NCAA tournament, and how crappy that is for for her and her long career at Nebraska. Just not the way that this thing is supposed to end. But sometimes sports has those those kind of cruel endings with this. But I will echo what Chris said here as well. Um, all right, let's, OG yeah, Stephen, OG Stephen, what did he? Oh, he says. Coaching staff selections. He yeah. doesn't like the coaching staff selections. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mosh Pit Chad. Mosh, what's he say? Says, what chaps my hide? People that flip up their wipers when it's snowy or icy. You really think you're so smart, but it looks really dumb. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever done that. Um, Chicken Rich is a chap. Every time I hear the sound of starting Mariah Carey, automatically tri- triggers my mind. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Facebook page. Logan says on the Facebook page, what chaps his hide? Freezing rain and ice just give me snow. I tend to agree with that. The That's, I mean, there's just, if you're going to have the slickness, at least get some level of joy and fun into it. There's nobody whose kids are like, uh, or when you were a kid, you're like, hey, kids, it's it's freezing, drizzling out. Let's get the sleds and fun out. 
Well, you, this, this will be the first time you'll be able to have Reggie out in the snow. He is never. Yeah, he saw. I mean, it wasn't snowing a lot last night, but he experienced snow for the first time in his life yeah. uh, yesterday. Uh, maybe there was another day where there were some some flurries, but, but but not really snow, snow. Yeah, not no, not like the walking in it. He still hasn't experienced that, but he will. I can tell you right now, he loves it. that. Uh, he's a, a mini golden doodle, and I've learned at least him hates summer. Uh, loves cool, cold weather, which, you know, given the giant shaggy fur that they have, you can, you can understand why, but he's very hyped up about winter. I know because we went on the long, long walk, which, which wasn't too bad, Mark, when we were walking south. <laughs> yeah, wind at your back. <laughs> but I went south from my house. Oh, no. I needed, I, I should have went north from my house and saved the good part for the end. Yeah. Because the, the headwind at the end. I needed a yeah. I should have went with the ski mask. Do you, do you have one of those hoodies where you can get it really tight? Yeah, down? I do. I do, and I I, uh, I I put on the stocking cap and the gloves and and everything else. But it was still right in the face. Was where it was. Where it was the worst? Uh, all right, Joe. Joe sends a picture. He's calling out a specific driver here to the white S. I have a white SUV to the white SUV on Monday, westbound Fifty Sixth and O Street between seven thirty and eight thirty p.m. I don't. I don't think that was me, uh, who was trying to turn left where there was clearly a sign that states no turnaround and no left turns. When someone honks at you and tells you not a turning lane, might want to rethink your actions a little bit. The tire squealing behind me and indicating rapidly people rapidly butting on their brakes because you were stopping traffic was a little nerve wracking. Yeah, that uh, yeah, that 56. Yeah, I mean, maybe they thought it was like uh, 1992 again. You used to be able to turn left there. That used to be a thing where you could do, but well, not uh, only is it a no turn, uh, no left turn lane, it's turning the wrong way on a one way at that point. At uh, is is that right there? No, that's going. No, if you're in the no, left you're turn right, lane, you're no, right. No, that would it was be going uh, westbound. Yeah, that would be that would be right. And I that, see I see garbage trucks do that all the time in the early morning. Oh really? Oh yeah. Maybe that's legal for them. Is that legal? Probably not. Um, <laughs> Becca says people still turning on the no turn uh, on red old uh, no turn on red. Excuse me. People still turning on the no turn on red at old Cheney and Warlick uh, photo because someone got a Google photo that didn't have the signs. Up to date photo shows two signs. Oh, Warlick and old Cheney. I the, the, again. I've said this before. I will say it again. Those of you who navigate that daily during uh, a morning or afternoon drive, I feel for you. I feel for you because um, I when I've been out there, it usually hasn't been during the busiest times, and then I've seen it during the busiest times. I'm like, man, I see why people complain about this <laughs> yes. all the time. I really do. Uh, all right, let me uh, let's go. Let's go back to the phones. We'll get back to the Facebook page. We'll prioritize our phone lines here, uh, also because we always love hearing from Ben. See what he has to say. Good morning, Ben. What's up? Hey guys, just got back in last night from a, a eight days in Texas at the in-laws for Thanksgiving. Holy cow! Uh, you know, I'm not. You're a better man than I am. Jeez. I'm, I won't disparage my uh, my in-laws on there, but trust me, there is plenty that could uh, chat my hide from that. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, what I was anytime the university makes a coaching hire and all that, you always got to hear the people. Oh, they can. They can have all this money to hire a coach, but then they got to raise the tuition. And it's like, do these people even read read books? Like they, I feel like that should be common knowledge that the athletic department and the, the athletics and the academic side of the university are two different pots of money. Yeah. And that the, that the athletics actually gives money back to the academic yes. side. But, yeah. I mean, 
college coaches, you know, the, the contracts have gotten a bit out of hand. Um, sometimes I wonder if that money could uh, be better used elsewhere, like tax agents and uh, defense contractors. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's just me. All right, guys, I'm glad to be back in Nebraska. You have a good one. Good to have you back with us, Ben. I appreciate it. Eight days. Uh, I don't mean to go over what he was really saying, Chapter Hyde, about, which he's right. Yeah. I mean, and, and by the way, the, that money's really there because of that TV contract that they signed. I mean, Mark, that's a that's a billion dollar TV contract that the Big Ten signed with, uh, with a variety of TV partners there, and that's divided up between the members, and that's some serious revenue. So yes, they do not need to raise tuition, but he's also right. He's he's also right. I also agree with him though. Man, twelve and a half million dollars a year. Come on. Like this market, I, I feel like at some point there's got to be a bubble on this market. Some someday they'll be able to uh, afford uh, afford a uh, vacation home in Beatrice. Like that's you. true. Not everybody can. Not everybody can make that sweet sweet radio money. Uh, all right, back to the uh, Facebook page. Maria says overheated stores. It is not fun to shop with the temperatures set on cremation mode. <laughs> See, that's when I. The, Again, this becomes, now that we're getting into this time of the year, I've got the eternal question, to coat or not to coat, okay? Because the reality of the matter, now I get it, if you're out, I'm taking my dog for a walk, you're going to be outside for a long time, obviously you're, you're bundling up, you're wearing a coat, but do how much do you need a coat for those 30 seconds, at, usually at max, that you're outside walking from you know, from work to car or car to grocery store or home to car or that sort of thing. Like, and does it become more of a liability? I've always, I'm always fascinated with that inflection point when the coat becomes more of a liability than it does a benefit because you've got it in and on in the store. You got it on in the store. Like Maria says, they've got the thermostat set to 81 in there. And of course you can take it off there, but it's just, and then, you know what the other thing is? This always happens this time of year. It takes about two days into cold weather where I'm like, where did I put my keys? Where are my keys? And I'm freaking out. And I have, I don't even, it is just a a completely involuntary reaction. I'm putting the keys in the coat pocket instead of the pants pocket every time. And I can't figure that out at the beginning of winter every year that that's what I do. The other place where the coats really become an issue is when you're going to an event like at PBA. If it's zero That's outside, that back, yeah, back when my my uh, going to like basketball games, yes, I hate having a coat, especially where there's tight seating. Yeah, at like a basketball game, like I don't want a coat over my seat, and I don't want to put it on the floor. Obviously, you don't really like go hang your coat up when you go to right. a, a high school or a college basketball game or a concert, at least at PBA. Maybe at like the lead center, you would hang up your coat, but not those other places. So that always factors in as well. Um, all right. Uh, Howdy, John. Oh, I haven't heard from him for a while. Howdy, John joins us right now. Good morning, John. What do you got for us? Howdy. Howdy. Oh, when you're sitting at home and your wife, <clears throat> Maria, thinks it's cremation mode, but I'm sitting there like a popsicle. <laughs> Wait, you're the cold one in that relationship? Really? I, I wouldn't have guessed. Usually the men, not to stereotype, but the men is the, the men's the one, the man's the one who's always overheated in the, in the relationship, but it's opposite for you guys, huh? Yeah, probably if I don't antagonize her all the time, she wouldn't be so hot. 
It's true. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Peter says the left turn arrow at 27th and Highway 2 that stays green for about four seconds at rush oh, hour. I, I'm, I, don't, I don't know exactly. I probably have been at that one. Let me see. The left yeah. turn arrow. Is that the one, 27th and Highway 2? Okay, the, the worst is going south. Because, I mean, you can get one maybe. On that specific intersection? Yeah. Yeah. The, just generally when you have those ones. And there are, there are places where long lines tend to. Form in the left turn lane, and 14th you're like, and highway and you're like, like go, 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 and, if, and you're like, let's leave, let's see those people in front of me be extra aggressive on this one, and they don't. And you're like, oh man, you're counting yourself back. You're like, I think that's four, four more runs through the lights yeah. to get that southbound 56th at Highway Two is is also that way. You can get maybe two cars through there. I like uh, Becca's election signs that are still up. One or lost, it's over. Take your trash down. <laughs> Uh, they are not Christmas decorations, says Scott. Yeah, that's that's right. Let's let's enjoy the times when we're not in that mode, right? What about right. that guy that says left turners that move into the cross lane and block the view for people trying to make a right turn on red? Yeah, yeah, no, that's hard. That's hard. Sounds like that's you. you. Sounds you said, like he knows what he's talking. Sorry, about. I didn't mean to skip yours. I didn't realize that was yours. <laughs> I heard the music playing, so you had to go. I'm not trying to silence you. Yes, you are. All right, 726. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends. That's what chapter you hide on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your soccer. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, busy 8 o'clock hour. We're going to talk to uh, Lincoln Symphony Orchestra. They got the big uh, Christmas Deck the Halls concert coming out, so we'll get a little preview of that. Plus, we're going to talk to John Bishop. Seems like things are uh, really moving quickly with Nebraska's assistant coaching searches. Maybe some more news on players as well. We'll break down all the latest with him coming up at 835. It's 8 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. All right, 656 Helen K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Officer Chad joining us right now. Good morning, Chad. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing really well, Good. especially after the little dance you did for Thank me you. on the way in. Appreciate Thank it. you. Appreciate it. Hey, by the way, have you ever gotten caught? I was, I was thinking, I haven't watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation this, yet this year. Great. I'm going to guess you're a big ever. Yes. Yeah, I know you well enough that I would have guessed <laughs> you're you're a big fan. But I was just thinking about the little dispute between the neighbors in, in that one with Todd and Margot across the street. <laughs> you ever had a, the, the call? The police call you've had to go to that the Christmas lights were too bright in my window or something like that. I, you know, I personally have not, but yeah. I would imagine somebody has. Uh, yeah, I figured I, a I little Griswold no and Todd and Margot situation. <laughs> I don't know, Margot. <laughs> oh, that is easily the second best line in that whole movie. <laughs> we're gonna put that <laughs> pen over. And I'll show you. <laughs> I wasn't talking uh, to you. I was talking to you. <laughs> Man, I, okay, now I need to I need to watch that thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about Crime Stoppers. Tell us what you're working on. Here All right. Week. Well, the first one we're going to do is Poor Planning. This one is from the 8th of November. A Blue Power Horse 7,000-watt generator was stolen from the area of 20th and Y. Uh, so this vehicle, with a shattered windshield and fictitious plates, um, pulls in. Loads up the generator in the back in the trunk, and it was a little bit too big for the trunk, so they, the two suspects left it just kind of hanging out. On the video, as they drive out of the lot, it just falls right out. Oh, no. So they drive away, but being the responsible thieves that they are, they return, get it loaded back up a second time. Right. 
And when they take off, you can see there's a long piece of fabric or, or plastic or something kind of trailing behind the vehicle. Yeah, th- it's just a weird-looking car. Somebody's going to pick this one Is up. that thing even going to work anymore after it falls off? Uh, you know, well, it how sturdy they build those things. I would imagine fairly sturdy. It was only about so, a two- too. or three-foot fall. So okay, all right, that's good. I've worked after much higher falls. <laughs> Uh, all right, there you go. So uh, check that one out. What else do we have this week? Uh, next one is an adult toy burglary. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll keep it PG. Oh, wow. This is next door. There is video of this one. It's next door. This one happened October 30th, about 6.45 in the, in the morning. Window to Adam and Eve at 43rd No was broken in, and burglar made their way in, made off with about $1,000 worth of adult toys and novelties. Five hundred dollars in damage. Um, pretty unique shoes. I, I don't know. I, I might have called this one the Nike Ninja if I were naming this one. The all black. The all black. Yeah. The, the face. The hood. I mean, just wow. Looks like the I Nike had to look Ninja that up. So October thirty. That was a Sunday. Yep. So now I was going to say we would have been we would have been here on, uh, a, on well, a weekday right next door. So that it actually would have been thirtieth is a Sunday. Early Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't while we were doing the show next door. <laughs> yeah, that would honestly make me look kind of bad if I'm in here doing Crime Stoppers and somebody's ripping right. off. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because it would have been right during your time slot if yeah. it was a Wednesday. They All call right. that situational awareness. How can uh, how can people help out? <laughs> you can leave anonymous tips at LincolnCrimeStoppers.com or call us at four seven five thirty six hundred. All right, very good. Good to see you. Thank you. Guys. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to watch Christmas Vacation. Oh, totally. uh, Here in the next few days, and totally. we can we can uh, recap here coming up next Wednesday. All right, we'll grab a break. Hey, it's What Chaps Your Eye Wednesday. We're letting you get it off your chest coming up during the 7 o'clock hour. So call, text, Facebook in, and we will discuss coming up next. 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. For the Mo- Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, yes, it is about time once again for Lincoln Symphony Orchestra to have one of my favorite concerts of the year, the Deck the Halls Concert. Tis the season coming up again this Sunday. A couple of shows, 2 p.m., 6 p.m. as well. And uh, joining us right now uh, will be a couple of people who are involved in the show from different ends of it. First of all, uh, welcome back once again to the show, Barbara Zockley with Lincoln Symphony Orchestra. Good morning, Barbara. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. It's so good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. I don't know if I've ever talked to you on phone on the show. This is exciting. I know. Um, um, but uh, I want you to also uh, introduce uh, the not only the guest on the show, but the guest conductor who is joining us today. I understand from Canada, but Barbara, why don't you you uh, introduce Lucas for for the listeners here? So Lucas is a friend I have known for, gosh, almost 20 years now. He's an incredible conductor. He does, he conducts um, all across the country and in Canada where he lives. And he has been our guest conductor for our Deck the Halls concert since, I want to say 2019. Ever um, since you fired me. It's, 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 <laughs> I think it's right, right after you fired me as the MC, you hired him. So this is very awkward, obviously. <laughs> uh, good morning, Lucas. How are you doing today? 
Good morning. I didn't realize we were, we were in competition because that's, <laughs> that's funny. I used to be a radio host. <laughs> really? That's great. We got a lot. Of, so we both done the Deck the Hall show. And uh, now I didn't. Yeah. They did, Barb did not ask me to conduct, which I'm kind of offended about now, Barb, after after all of this. No, it's, it's really it's easy, man. It's like it's floor, <laughs> you know, floor, door, door, ceiling. That's how you conduct. Yeah, that's the whole pattern of the that's, piece. That's what I've heard. Uh, yeah, Luke, you've been a part of, of, of this concert for, uh, for a little while, but uh, just kind of. Tell us about what you know, what what the concert is for people who haven't been for a few years since you've been a part of it, and uh, kind of what you enjoy about doing it here in Lincoln. Yeah, I love, man, I love Christmas uh, concerts in general. I love coming to, to Lincoln, especially. Yeah, it's been I don't know three or four years now that I've done this concert. It's great to it's great to see the musicians every year. It's great to see you know Barbara and the staff, and and of course it's great to see the the audience and the the public that comes out every year to. To support the concert, and um, you know, we have special guests. I mean, we have a we have a fantastic vocalist, Drew Duncan, who's you know singing some of our favorite stuff from you know songs from Home Alone. I mean, from uh, Polar Express and you know trad- traditional stuff, Oh Holy Night and stuff like that. And and we have uh, Suzuki Strings, uh, you know, Suzuki uh, String Kids uh, um, playing with us as well. Many of their teachers who are in the orchestra. And uh, and of course the, the fantastic dancing beyond limits a, a dance group. So yeah. you know we have a, a, a variety of uh, guests and music and uh, something I love to do. Hey uh, Lucas, I'm, I'm I'm curious. You know you've been you've been a resident conductor, but you've also been a guest conductor. I think you know all over both the U.S. and and Canada. Uh, what's the, you know. Uh, What's it like, kind of going in and and quickly vibing? I suppose with a with a <laughs> symphony that you don't necessarily know as well as you would when you've been a you know a resident conductor, uh, maybe in like in Edmonton, like you did. Tell me what that process is is like in kind of building that rapport quickly. Well, it's uh, it's intense. I mean, for, from both sides, from the orchestra and the conductor. I mean, you know, they have someone come in and they have maybe one rehearsal, uh, two rehearsals to not only get to know the person, but to prepare this entire program. I mean, it's kind of uh, amazing the, the, the skill of these musicians. Um, for me, I, I love it. It's kind of like being a, a, a you know, um, a, a grandfather or, a, you, know, a, a, you know, someone you get to come in and you get to, you know, have a lot of fun. Uh, and then, you know, when it's time to, uh, you know, to head out, then, uh, the, you know, the music director gets to, to take control and to, uh, you know, make sure that uh, they're, they're there for the orchestra and they have that long-term relationship. And I get to come in for, for a weekend and, uh, you know, have have a great uh, time and do a special concert and then then head out. So, um, yeah, it's a cool experience. If, if I can add a couple of things. Yeah. It's amazing that you use the term grandfather because I just <laughs> got a text from Ed and he said, tell Lucas hello and tell the orchestra that I miss them. Um, and Papa Ed sends his best wishes for a yeah. great concert. <laughs> and so I think there is that feeling of family, certainly. And I will also add that orchestras are not without their opinions about guest conductors. Right? Oh. So a guest conductor comes in for a couple of days and works with the orchestra, and they are extremely opinionated because that is, you know, they put their heart and soul into creating this music and a conductor can either create a really warm atmosphere and a really collaborative feeling or can create a really kind of scary feeling or like where you don't feel free to express yourself. And I have to say our orchestra, the first time we had Lucas begged to have him back again. 
And mm-hmm. so it's a, it's been a really great relationship. Oh, that's that that's that's incredibly that, that's that's cool, and I'm sure that yeah, that's what I was thinking exactly, Barb. That 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 kind of that rapport and that connection may not always happen all the time, and I'm glad that that we found somebody here can come into to Lincoln and and do this. And 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 Luke, I think what you said is having uh, in, in all seriousness, I did kind of like an MC role with this show and um, in in previous years, and uh, I'm sure it changes time to time, but a lot of these same these same parts of it are still there with it, and just kind of. The variety of the involvement from people within the community for this that you'll, you know, you'll be kind of all over the place with the real classic Christmas songs with the symphony orchestra bouncing around to some of the more, you know, traditional favorites, the sing alongs and those sorts of things. It's just, it's just a show with a lot of variety, Lucas. Well, it means so much to so many people, right? I mean, a Christmas concert, Christmas means so much in so many different ways. And and that's what I love about a great, a truly great Christmas concert. It, It has, variety but it, it has it has it reminds you of those moments when you were growing up it reminds you of those moments you know that you're developing in traditions with your own family and you know i i, I love that variety and i love the you know to to see the faces and to to to, to see the population as they uh the public as they head out of the hall because you you know you've done a good job i think i got to if i got to conduct one song it'd be sleigh ride Right. I just want to I just want to cue up the percussion on the horse whinny thing and and that kind of stuff. Like that's got to be the most fun part of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. If if if, uh, if I could do one part of the of the radio show, I'd be it'd be interviewing just like you. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. You get to, you get to bring the best out of people and uh really put, you know, validate what they do. So, yeah, I'm happy to be on the show. Cool. Yeah. By the way, Luke, what's the is the Canadian Christmas experience significantly different than the uh, the American Christmas experience? Are the are the traditions <laughs> really different? I'm 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 now that I've got a Canadian well, on the show, I need to ask this. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what is different. I mean, Christmas is is pretty similar. Some people do it like on Christmas Eve, like a kind of European style, but um I mean, the biggest difference is, is, is this past weekend is Thanksgiving. Like the, the Canadian Thanksgiving was over a month ago. So we're mm-hmm. looking at you guys thinking like, you know, what are you doing? You're about to like make the exact same meal in like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would like it your way. I think I would like a little more distance. It, it, so we got the focus on Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, it's spaced out. And then like you have time, like you have this lull and you, it's a really fall Thanksgiving is like a fall experience, and then, you know, and then things start to ramp up slowly. For all of a sudden, in you know, in America, it's like Christmas. <laughs> that's that's fascinating. Yes, I know because um, I've got my daughter playing Christmas music three weeks before Thanksgiving. So, uh, yes, I, I I know exactly what you're uh, you're talking about. Hey, Barb, what else? What else should people know about the show? I know you're doing two shows. Two and and six o'clock. I know this is a great family show. Uh, having been a part of it, what what other things should people know about this show here coming up? I will just add one little thing about community, which is that we are so excited. You know, last year we were in person with our Christmas show, and um, but we still had kind of smaller forces. And this year we are just so overjoyed. I think I'm going to weep with joy. Um, I think that there are 90 Suzuki students who are going to walk on stage and play a piece with the orchestra. And like Lucas said, um, Dancing Beyond Limits, this adaptive dance troupe. Um, And I just, for me, like nothing embodies the spirit of an orchestra more than community coming together. And um, this concert is just such a perfect representation of that. And especially 
with these kids on stage. And like you said, it is a great concert for kids. My four-year-old and two-year-old will be in the audience, perhaps for both shows, um, <laughs> depending on how they behave. Um, but it's one of their favorite shows of the year, too. Um, so the concerts are at 2 o'clock and 6 o'clock. I recommend to people get downtown a little bit early. Um, you never know what parking is going to be like, and there are several parking garages within a block walk of the Leaf Center. Um, you can come in. You can choose your tickets online now. We've opened the balcony for the 2 p.m. performance. Um, so you can go to LincolnSymphony.com, buy your tickets, select your seat, you know, just bring it with you on your phone, or you can buy tickets when you walk up. If you're going to do that, just leave a little extra time. Um, and we're going to have a photo booth. Um, Santa has other commitments that, that day, so he will not be able to join us, but we will have a photo booth. You can get some photos taken. Um, and, yeah, just come and enjoy the afternoon. Yeah. And and the walking around downtown shouldn't be bad. It may not be a white uh, Christmas concert. It'll be uh, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, I say Fahrenheit because Lucas is joining us. But, yeah. yeah, so, there, so, there, yeah. so there you go. Um, uh, so it'll be, it'll be sunny. It'll be a nice nice day to be around uh, the downtown area. Yeah. Uh, just before we, uh, we should also mention we have the Belisimo Handel Choir. We They're great. About them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the true sound of Christmas. They're great. Uh, Handels back there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got when when I did the show, I got to hang out b- backstage. And by the way, some of those uh, Suzuki players, uh, and and Lucas and Barb, you know that they are very young and very tiny and very cute. So just mm. a, just a little bit of a a heads up on that. That's that's really fun. That's really Lots fun to watch. Coming on here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Lucas, hey, thanks. So much for being involved in in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska fine arts. It's it's great to have you a part of this, and um, uh, looking looking forward to having you here and being a part of the show again. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks so much. Talk yep. to you soon. There you go. And Barb, Barb, uh, come in studio next time, okay? So we can see you again. I know. All right. It would be great to see you in person. Can I just say one last thing? Yes, please. I would not be doing my job if I didn't say tickets are five dollars for kids. Yeah. And depending on which section you choose, they're either $15 or $35 for adults. So we want to make it affordable for the whole family to come. Yeah. There you go. Five bucks for kids. So yeah, yes. Bring, bring the family. They will enjoy it. It's, it's a lot of fun and uh, I'd love to get a lot of people out there. Hey, good to talk to you, Barbara. I appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you for the next show. All right. There you go. All right. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. That's Lucas Walden. Uh, of course, going to be the guest conductor with Lincoln Symphony Orchestra and Barbara Zock Lee, the executive director of Lincoln's Symphony Orchestra. And I think a little later we may have some tickets to give away for this. So be listening for that as well. All right. We're going to grab a break right now. Caleb's out, so I got sports coming up. We got a little bit of breaking news in the Nebraska assistant coaching search over the last hour or so. We'll tell you about that and more. You listen to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Yes, it's Wednesday, and that means it's time to talk to Bish. And uh, as you heard there during my sports cast, Nebraska's assistant coaching staff is continuing to, to take a little form, but probably... The most interesting of the people mentioned so far was just mentioned in the last hour when Jake Peets, it was reported by Pete Thamel, uh, former Husker, background in O'Neill, 
been all, been in a lot of coaching jobs. He's done well for himself as a coach after leaving Nebraska as a player, including his stints, stints under Nick Saban in the NFL as an offense coordinator for LSU is going to come to Nebraska. And, uh, John, I guess, I guess there will be a, at least a Nebraska connection on the uh, Matt Rule staff. So those who are concerned about that do not need to be concerned anymore about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, well, we're getting there. We're getting there. I think we'll I think we'll know pretty much everybody by the end of the week. Um at least at the pace that they're going at. So uh it gives you an idea maybe of just how long Matt Rule's been thinking about this. Yeah. Um because and, and sure, he's got a He's got a lot of people that he's worked with. Uh, some of these guys have been with him at every stop along the way. Every stop meaning starting with Temple um, and going through Baylor and then the Carolina Panthers. So, you know, some of that, you know, it was just pick up the phone, make a call, and, you know, Coach X will be there. But uh, I think, you know, this probably gives us at least a little bit of indication of how the timeline has worked for Matt Rule and just how long he's – set himself because remember when he said in his press conference at one point he was he was going to be satisfied to stay home for a year and 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 be with the family i would be curious to know exactly when the moment was and maybe it was that first phone call with trev where you know that switch flipped and it was well maybe i'm not going to do that and maybe i am going to get back into coaching in some way shape or form but whatever it was obviously uh he's been He's been planning it for at least a little bit, and we're starting to see some of the results here very quickly. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, the the number one question on most fans' minds when it comes to the assistant coaching staff is, what if at all will Mickey Joseph's role be on it? Will he be there at all? The combination of us having gotten at least to Wednesday and knowing what some of the other coaches. Uh, knowing that some of the, uh, I think all of the other uh, assistant coaches, including Bill Bush, including Applewhite, won't be there. Combined with, to the degree that it is relevant, um, the the Pete's hire that's apparent as well. Does that change, affect, impact your thinking on on Mickey Joseph at all? Not in the moment, and you know, again, we don't know how the meeting with Rule and and Joseph went. We were assuming that it was happening yesterday uh i'm i'm still going to be of the opinion that if i had to pick one way or the other i'm going to say that mickey is not going to be here next year um but that's for a a variety of different reasons And and i've said many times it doesn't mean that you know that that matt rules a bad guy or mickey joseph was disgruntled you know, with the fact that he didn't get the job sometimes because these things happen very quickly. And because Matt rule has kind of, he obviously has a plan in place mm-hmm. uh, with how quickly he's worked on this, that sometimes it just doesn't match. Sometimes the fit just isn't there. And that's a big word to me is fit, which is why I think this was a good coaching hire because I think it fits what Nebraska needs in this moment. And and I think, you know, hearing from Matt Rule and, and how he talked about the alignment of the administration and the people and his philosophy and his beliefs, I mean, those things are really, really important. Um, I don't think you necessarily can be successful everywhere you go. There are some people, obviously, wherever they go, they're going to be successful. But I think there are just sometimes 
where there is a better chance for success based on the fit of the person and the institution. And, you know, you want to make sure that it is a fit for Mickey Joseph. You want to make sure it is a fit for Matt Rule that that's that's going to work together. And maybe that's hard to determine in a very short time window. So I'm still going to lean that he is not going to be back. I'm not ruling it out that he could be still here. Uh, I think you're right. The fact that we've reached, you know, Wednesday morning. And yeah, that's the biggest thing, honestly, is that. Yeah. Still, to me, the fact that you haven't the longer it goes, the more likely it seems like he might end up being here because right. I thought it might be pretty quick, especially with the other decisions that have been announced. Right. And, you know, the fact they haven't re- filled a receiver's coach position yet, you would assume, you know, if, if Mickey is retained, he'll have some role in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I- I'll still lean, though, that, that he's probably not going to be back. Uh, but, you know, that said, uh, we, we've been surprised by other things before. And there's still there's I mean, there's still a defensive coordinator position that needs to be filled, which is yeah. kind of surprising to me, considering, you know, um, you know how quickly you usually fill those spots. But for the most part, and, and who knows, there might be a lot of things going on behind the scenes. I think the money pool being as big as it is, is important um, because that that will certainly help if if uh, if Mickey is going to be kept. Uh, because I think he's deserved a, a, a decent sized payday. And, and if you've looked across the, the landscape of college football, salaries, salaries are going up everywhere, but salaries are going up particularly in terms of non coordinator positions for defensive backs coaches and wide receivers coaches. Yeah. Uh, there's been a premium put on that. And so, you know, whatever. Whatever Matt Rule decides to do, there's a good chance whoever that person is is going to get paid very nicely. Yeah, I mean, Mickey might be getting a seven-digit uh, proposal here um, b- because of what exactly and it what wouldn't you're surprise asking. me. Yeah, yeah, even even as it's just still a wide receivers coach. You know, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned though. Maybe the two most referred to assistant coaching positions in Lincoln, Nebraska, the offensive line coach and the defensive coordinator, uh, are still not are still open here at this point, which is uh, which is kind of interesting. You filled in all around them. Probably, you know, probably two more offensive hires. So it'd be an offensive line coach, and then you know Mickey or whoever else comes in in place of of Mickey, and then you know defensive coordinator, and then probably a couple other defensive assistant coaches and. Yeah, I mean, with with that being what's left, you could probably be you could probably be done with this by the end of the week, like you were saying. Obviously, yeah. some thought had gone into this prior to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it will be. And you know, Rule said he wanted to work fast because of the the window is pretty short in terms of you know uh, transfer portal opening and closing, um, and and finishing up the first stages of the recruiting class with the first signing day coming up here in a couple of weeks. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of things that have to be done in a, in short order. So to have as much familiarity, and that's another thing about it too, is if you think about everything that all the different moving pieces, and there's a lot of moving pieces to an organization as big as this to walk in ice cold, Ice cold meaning you've never been in the building before. You've never been around a lot of the people before. Um, you know, there's, you want as much familiarity as you can get around you, people that you have worked with before so that you can kind of get some of the basics down. But I mean, just some of the little minutia, you know, about, you know, where, where do we go to order lunch or where, who do I talk to to get a phone number for this coach or who do I, 
Who do I contact to, you know, make sure I have enough stationery in my desk? You know, just the little tiny things. So that's why I think that's why you see this a lot with coaches when they make moves like this is they bring a lot of people with them that they are familiar with because there's a comfort level of knowing they know what you do and you know what they can do. Right. And and then the other stuff can take care of itself. I think one of the things that will be interesting, Jack, when we get to the end of all of this is if you look at if you look at the Nebraska coaching staff or the Nebraska football staff, and by football staff, I'm going beyond the coaches. I'm talking Support the analysts staff. and the yeah. front office people and everyone. If we looked at it like a like the uh, line of succession chart, you know, in Washington, um, how far down the list will we go before we see someone who's staying in their role? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, how far down the list before we get to a person who's, oh, that person's being kept, you know, chief of staff or, or, you know, recruiting coordinator or whatever the, whatever the role might be. How, how far down will this change be? And that will give us an indication of what Matt Rule thinks of the heavy lifting that needs to be done to build this program back up. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I wondered what you th- think, you know, in terms of people talking about, you know, players' decisions. I know Sean Mathis said he may go, go pro and you've already had, um, you've already had Palmer's decision, but uh, obviously the one that probably most people are are most paying attention to because of his position is is Casey Thompson on this, and and it sounds like he maybe at least have an inkling to to stick around, but no official word on that yet. How I think just because of the depth in the quarterback room, you, if you can have anyone stay, you want them to stay at this point. But how much of a priority do you think Matt Rule? should or 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 make Casey Thompson or should you kind of move on and and kind of find your person whether it be through the transfer portal to start which it probably has to be and then going into to uh, new guys coming into the program well based on what we've seen enter the transfer portal so far you've got McNamara at Michigan Padilla the backup at Iowa Um, I would say this right now if I had my druthers my first call is to Casey yeah. To try to get him to stay because he's been here. And I think I honestly think of the quarterbacks we've seen so far. He's the best one. And it's, it's, it's In a while. similar again yeah. to bringing people, you know, bringing people you're familiar with. You also want players that are familiar with the, with the situation. And I, I thought Casey had a really good season last year, all things considered. Um, and now obviously that's going to depend a little bit on the philosophy of Satterfield and, and rule when it comes to what kind of offense they're going to run. But, my guess is that Casey fits a lot of the things that they're going to look for in a quarterback. You've got a guy who's, you know, a lot of experience um, and, and a lot of age and wisdom. And so why not? Uh, at, at this point, Casey would be my number one phone call to try to keep um, if he's interested in, in still playing, um, because I think, you know, having him back would be huge. And then beyond that, I would not be surprised if the rest of the quarterback room probably gets changed out or, or, you know, players move on. Um, but a lot of that's going to depend on exactly what style of offense, uh, they decide they want to run. And I don't know how you read it, Jack, but listening to the press conference, it, it almost sounded to me like at least to start, Matt Rule was looking at more of a maybe a Wisconsin slash Iowa style of offense, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know, you know if you just said that because it's red meat. I'm not like, I mean, maybe, yeah, but I, don't know. I mean, is it really is it really red meat? Because 
Listen, you can have a physical run game by being in the spread. You can have a physical run game by running out of the shotgun. I mean, we've seen that before, so it doesn't have to be under center all the time. But I don't know. It just... It, it, it just kind of felt like, hey, we really want to emphasize the line of scrimmage. We really want to emphasize the run game. But, um, you know, what we've seen with Casey is, you know, the guy had legs when he needed them. You yeah. know, he, he was able to scramble and get yards when Nebraska needed them. And I think you want a little bit of that. But I think you also want some experience and some uh, some some veteran leadership and and I thought Casey, you know, checked a lot of boxes last season. Yeah. Well, for for what it's worth, I, I mean, I fully agree with. If you've got, if you're holding on to some hope that things get turned around kind of quickly right into next year, I think that's that would be huge um, to have him be a part of that of that rather than somebody new coming in. And it's because honestly, and and it's just eventually, you know, I kind of do this. I think a lot of people do, but you you start to just sort of get attached to players. And and Casey on off the field, I think everywhere has has been incredibly impressive to me i think he's been underrated this year i think he had a tough year i also don't think he was healthy almost at all last year which no, makes he had the wonder. shoulder issue he yeah. said afterwards he's had the shoulder issue that took Man. some yards off his throw i and think yet, it's huge it took yeah, if you so, could if you could make that work absolutely yeah. Yeah. absolutely i mean i don't I, and honestly i think it's a better option than any other one-year option that would be out there now yeah. if there's a if there's a chubba purdy like I, I mean that in terms of you know how much uh, uh eligibility is left uh, that might want to transfer. I, yeah. I, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if Casey is brought back that they also get another quarterback right. out of the portal. Like you did with Chubba last year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Unless there is, and that's the thing, when I looked up you know, the past of Matt Rule, he had the same quarterback all four years at Temple. P.J. Walker, who's now playing with Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. he was there and started all four seasons. And then Charlie Brewer started all three yeah. seasons at Baylor. So it was kind of interesting how, and I'm not saying that's necessarily going to be the case here because it's, it's a rare, different though. world of college football. Yeah. But, you know, Matt Rule has has had basically the same quarterback at at all of his stops so far, which would indicate that maybe there's someone young in the in the in the queue, but um, but we won't know that until we see it. I think I think there's a better chance than not that Nebraska will have a have some kind of a transfer portal quarterback or a Casey Thompson starting next yeah. year. Well, yeah, and and just one last thing on that, like you know, we, I think we both thought he had a good season, um, but you you wonder how different could if he got more help in the offensive line, which won't necessarily be able to easy easy to build up in one year, but yeah. hypothetically, if he gets more help on the offensive line and is a hundred percent healthy, you know, how good can he be? I mean, I think that's that's something that that I'm thinking about at least on this whole thing. Hey, you you talking about the offense led me. I was going to ask this question anyway, and you kind of got into it a little bit, but one of the things Trev talked about is being important is is an identity and you could apply that in a lot of different ways to the the program to the athletic department so forth but i still don't quite know at least x's and o's stylistically what i really think matt rule's identity is especially offensively what it's going to be there's there's so many guys that if you hired you knew right away what that identity is and i feel like you don't with matt rule is that i don't know is that Trev thinks it's important. Other people I've heard say identity is important. You need to know it. Is that is that a concern at this point, or do you think he kind of develops his own? It's possible to kind of develop your own, um, you know, your own brand of identity with Nebraska here and whoever the staff is. Well, I, I think if there's something we've probably learned early on about Matt Rule is he is a, he is amenable to change. You know, he was a formerly you know line him up you know two back sets. 
at Temple, but realized, you know, when he got to Baylor, he was going to have to change it up a little bit, even though it was going against his own personal grain. And I think he's probably going to do the same thing here. Um, and it's going to be based on the factors of what players do you have? What players can you get? And what's going to work in this conference? And so that's, that's why I almost think that maybe there'll be a, a, a bit of a Iowa slash Wisconsin tilt to this offense, but I wouldn't rule out the possibility, you know, that, you know, there's still, you know, some quarterback run game that is involved. It, it, it the, I'm guessing, I don't, I have no idea what Matt Rule is like in terms of a spring coach, but you know how, you know, Nebraska, the last few springs, we've had mystery. Yes. Uh, you know, there was, there was Bob Diaco and running the three, four, yes. but oh, wait, they're running a yep. four, three. And then, of course, last year, you know, Nebraska kept it very close to the vest in terms of what they wanted to do with, all of their transfers. Who knows? I mean, will this spring be the same thing where, you know, <laughs> Matt right. Rule's going to keep a lot of things close to his vest? I, I don't know. They still but, not know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but I, 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 I would guess it's not going to, it's not going to be based on any set formula. It's going to be based on, you know, what, what they think is going to work for them. And then I would be prepared maybe for, you know, some changes and, and some tweaks to the formula as as years go by i i was encouraged that rule wasn't i mean he talked about you know at bare minimum we need to be in bowl games and things like that mm-hmm. but how he 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 pushed back at you know trying to set any kind of a bar for year 1 uh because i don't think personally there's a good it's a good idea right now to set any kind of a record bar for year 1 especially now when we literally know nothing about right. how the team is going to look but the eight-year contract tells me that, hey, he wants the time to work at this. He wants the time to build it up. And if that means taking a little bit of, you know, early hits in year one, year two, um, it'll pay off down the road. And, and if that's the case, you know, it, it's, it's going to be hard to say, you know, get Bill Moose out there. Well, we really got to get to six. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a good idea. For year one, I could be surprised, but I'm I I know right now if I had to make any kind of prediction for for next year, my prediction would be there'll be a sellout in the stadium and uh, they'll play twelve games. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. All right, John, uh, we'll be listening this afternoon to Unsportsmanlike Conduct to probably have some new news by that point, and so uh, we'll find out from you a little bit later today. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you later. All right. Yep. Go John Bishop, Sister Station 1620, The Zone. 856, we're going to wrap up the show. Tell you what's coming up tomorrow right after this. You'll listen to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. The holiday season is here. Tell us your favorite tradition with a voice message in the free KLIN app. All right, thanks to Johnny Cadillac for helping us out today. Caleb will be back tomorrow. Ticket Thursday. we got tickets to see Alton Brown at the Leeds Center, plus voice of the Big Red, Greg Sharp. We will see you then. It's 9 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln.